Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion, a keynote speaker, professional development trainer, and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level. A level that will truly break down barriers and create change. By working with The Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, The Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now let's get back to the podcast. When she was born, I was like, you know, watch out for these times because they go by so fast. And in the moment, you know, she's three months. I'm like, no, nah, it's been the longest three months of my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't slept in 78 hours. What yeah, are you talking ex- exactly. about? <laughs> I lost like 14 pounds the first two weeks. I was like, I don't, this time is dragging. Actually. I haven't but, showered um, since Tuesday and it's Saturday. Like, what are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> Did I brush my teeth? Did I comb my hair? <laughs> right. um, hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the number one rated podcast for black parents, black people parenting. And this is, as you already know, Money Making Monday. Inside of Money Making Monday, we talk entrepreneurship, we talk business, and we talk money uh, in a way that is important for us as black parents to understand and in a way that is important for us to uh, just kind of you know, just have a dialogue about about how we can make money, how we what we should be doing with our money. So Money Making Mondays is about a whole uh, just plethora of things that have to do with money, money. And I told you guys that I was going to start bringing some guests on, some entrepreneurs, some people who are doing some things in the business world, some people that I, I look up to and the people that I know. And I think uh, this young woman is important to have on the show because she is somebody that is doing it uh, real, real big. And I want to have her on to talk about her journey uh, as an entrepreneur, to talk about what she's doing in her business life and just all the things that, you know, are important for us to kind of hear other people talking about, because that journey is uh, sometimes a, a journey that we feel like we can be going on alone and a journey that we feel like, you know, nobody's experiencing what we are experiencing, the the heartache, the pain, the struggle, the staying up till three o'clock in the morning trying to get stuff done. Uh, so I think it's important to hear voices uh, who are struggling and have struggled like throughout this journey of being an entrepreneur and journey of starting your own business and journey of, uh, you know, being in a nine to five and trying to do your side hustle. And I think it's important to to to, to have those voices to, to for us to listen to. So I want to bring my friend Karen on. Karen, what's up? What's popping? Say what's up to the good people. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is an important platform um, because, you know, black people, we parent differently and we got to, you know, we got to connect differently. Um, so yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah. And that, yeah. Now, you know, that's that was the the purpose or one of the purposes of black people parenting is that, you know, we parent different. And I think the conversations that we need to have around parenting um, are different. 
right? And I think it's important that we hear these conversations. So let's kind of talk about you a little bit. Talk to us about your background and what it is that you actually do. I said all of those great things about you, but I didn't tell anybody what you do because I want you to be the one to tell the folks uh, a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so I'm in Los Angeles, um, actually in Orange County. I am a communications manager for an engineering firm, um, but I still do my, you know, celebrity PR entertainment on the side. I did that for 10 years as, you know, at that time I didn't have any kids. So I was really just, you know, in the grind, like trying to figure everything out. But I knew that I wanted to have kids down the line. So I was like, I need to set everything up to make sure that by the time I do have my child, we're good to go. So, um, so right now, yeah, I currently do communications for an engineering firm um, called HNTB, um, which is a really cool firm. I wouldn't have, you know, looking back, I probably would have started this a long time ago, um, just knowing how important like infrastructure and transportation is. So we are an engineering design firm um, on the East Coast. Our clients are like more Department of Transportations. And then on the West Coast out here, we do a lot of like stadium design and um, sports design. So we did the Raiders stadium, we did the 49ers stadium, and we did the Broncos stadium. So um, really just get a, a chance to, you know, tap into the sports side here. I'm not the biggest sports person, but um, I have an opportunity to tap into that. So really everything communications PR focused um, is what I'm, I'm currently doing. Yeah. And you've had other businesses in the past, aside from your PR agency. I know when you were uh, out on the West Coast the first time, you had a dispensary right? I did. Um, yeah, people thought I was crazy. And it was hard because, <laughs> you know, a lot of my family's from North Carolina um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the South. And they're like, you know, when you say weed, they're like, weed. Right. Um, the Bible Belt. It's the Bible Belt. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't even really want to hear the word. They didn't understand it until I told them, you know, this is an area that, you know, not a lot of Black people are business owners, but it's, um, you know, weed is something that connects black people. Like we've been smoking weed since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm, so I didn't mm-hmm. understand why more black people didn't get into the ownership side of it because all I did was, you know, I went and scoped out the competition. I saw what they were doing. I said, oh, I know if these people can do it. I know I'm not going to have a problem doing this at all. Right. So yeah, I ran two dispensaries in LA um, prior to COVID. You know, it wasn't a central business right at first. So um, shut it down um, right after this the pan like during the pandemic but yeah ran two dispensaries in la one was right in south central la and um the other one was in pasadena but yeah and it wasn't you know i was going in there a little bit when i first got pregnant i was like oh you know how am i gonna do this i don't want to look irresponsible being in here around you know marijuana being pregnant so i kind of took a step back and let other people run it but um it was a great t- it was a great time in my life. I don't I don't regret any of the decisions I made, whether people understood it or not. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to do me because I know, you know, I'm comfortable in my life. I've right. you know made some good decisions. So I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, either you'll catch up and, and understand it or you won't. And you'll sit back mm-hmm. and just observe. So. Mm-hmm. So. So what inspired you to pr- to pursue uh, this journey of being an entrepreneur and to start your own businesses and to do all of these things like what? Like, what inspired you? You know, um, that's a, a real good question. I don't think I've ever really been asked that. And because, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to work for the man or I don't want to work in corporate America is really their reason. I really probably wanted a way to be able because I don't know, you know, if your listeners have been to L.A., if they walk 
to sign any dispensaries here. But when you go inside of them, like the faces in there don't look like us from the mm-hmm. people owning it to the people working to the people, you know, from your first entrance, you know, security to the um, to the bud tenders, like nobody looks like us. And I was like, this is a shame. So I knew I wanted to go in like, you know, South Central, like a place that I wasn't really familiar with, but I wanted to give an opportunity for people that look like me to be able to work. Um, Everybody in the dispensary I ran was was black, like the security, the bud tenders, like we was all we were all black and we did Christmas drives and different things. But I just knew I wanted to change the face of what dispensaries look like. And I knew I couldn't do that from the outside because nobody was going to listen to me. So I had to have Mm -hmm. my foot in the game. and be able to do that. So, yeah, I hired all I hired all black people, and mm, I said, "This mm. is this is what this is what we're gonna do." All black everything. All black everything before <laughs> it was a thing. Right. Black. Yeah, it was all right. it was all black, and people respected that. People came in and they were like, "Yo, you know, you got all black buttons, you got all black security staff, like you know." And they knew me, you know, got to know me over time. You know, you gotta be gotta be a little careful with things without putting yourself out there, but. Mm-hmm. Over time, they knew it was like a black owner. You know, this is just black owner. I think people respected that. I had a lot of the black community coming in, um, shopping and spreading the word. So, mm-hmm. just the, the the phrase "bud tender." I just want to say something that I've never heard in my life before, just this very moment. Oh, no? But okay. I'm assuming that it's someone who tends to the bud. Is that a that fair? Is it. <laughs> that is it. That is it. They tend to. They do more weighing and, and talking about it than tending. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the name of the people that, you know, when you go in a dispensary and the people are working, they're called butt tenders. Right. I, you know, I consider myself a very well-rounded brother, but I just have never okay. heard. Okay. Okay. Yes. I've butt never tender. heard butt tender. That's, that's something mm-hmm. you know, I'll add that to my repertoire. Uh, yeah, there so, you go. <laughs> so how do you manage, uh, because we talked about the fact that you do have a nine to five, but you also yeah. are uh, doing things for your own PR firm. How do you manage balancing uh those two like having a nine to five and working for yourself yeah i just had to tell my business partner shout out to my business partner omg underscore it's mo green um co-owner of the firm but i just had to tell her like she called me yesterday and you know she just started talking about business i'm like mo it's saturday mm-hmm. like i gotta take some time you know i can't be whereas before we would work non-stop not even paying attention to how many hours we were working like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. midnight you could just be having a conversation it was always business saturday it did not matter the day of the week um but i told her, i was like mo it's saturday you know you gotta remember i'm not single care with no kids like i have a, a toddler she's four years old she requires a lot of my time mm-hmm. during these years so mm-hmm. i was like i gotta take weekends off i mean if it's something going on events where i need to be i'll be there but i can't just spend all my time like focused on on business because I've done you know I'm about to be 43 years old and I feel like I've done that since I've been working because I've always had multiple jobs um and I said I just have to like I had to put a stop to it I really just like changed our conversation I was like if we could talk about friends stuff we could talk about you know we're watching um love is blind we could talk about that mm-hmm, but we got to mm-hmm. draw a line with the business and I think that was the most important thing is like drawing the line and really just knowing that you know, kids need time. Like kids need your your time. They need your undivided attention. So I try not, you know, when I go out with my daughter, I don't, you know, if I take her to the park, like I keep my phone in my pocket. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to balance multiple things like I used to, because I know how precious these moments are. I know when, when she was born, it was like, you know, 
watch out for these times because they go by so fast. And in the moment, you know, she's three months. I'm like, no, nah, it's been the longest three months of my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't slept in 78 hours. What yeah, are you talking ex- about? Exactly. <laughs> I lost like 14 pounds the first two weeks. I was like, I don't, this time is dragging. Actually. I haven't but, showered uh, since Tuesday and it's Saturday. Like, what are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> Did I brush my teeth? Did I comb my hair? <laughs> right. um, but now she's four. So I'm like, damn, they really weren't lying. You know, that mm-hmm. time flies by. So just being extra present in these moments, um, is what you know keeps me balanced because I know I won't get this time back, and I don't want to yeah. have any regrets when she gets older and she's like, you know, you know, were you always working or you always in your phone or always doing this? I just don't mm-hmm. want to ever hear those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, our our background somewhat parallel. Like we are we yeah. are the same age. We both have top. My son just turned five last month. Your daughter is four. Uh, yeah. We both have you know a background in entertainment. And, you know, being in that entertainment industry, the one thing, and I'm sure you can kind of attest to this, that we were taught or that was embedded in us was that hustle culture. Right. And it's grind, grind, grind. And now in our in our 40s, it's like, nah, like that hustle culture is it was a lie. Like it was it wasn't really the way that we should have been living our life. Definitely not the way that we could be living our lives in our 40s. Uh, So speak a little bit about that, because I know there are a lot of folks who are still living by that, um, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead or, you know, that mentality of work, 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 and not necessarily thinking about the toll that it is going to have on their families, that it's going to have on on them uh, as they grow older. Yeah, I think what really hit when it really hit me is when I started to see people my age passing away. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Um, I think that's when it really hit home. Like even, you know, God rest her soul, Floyd Mayweather's assistant, Kitchy, she just passed right. away over the last, you know, couple of days. And that was a friend mm-hmm. of mine and, you know, mm-hmm. she's relatively young. So, I mean, just, you know, and I, I can name a ton of people not to be somber, but, um, I think that's where like the hustle mentality really is still there. So, you know, once it's embedded in you, it's embedded mm-hmm. in you. And I realize there are people that have it and there are people that don't. I don't think right. I don't know if it's a, a thing that you can learn to do like you either. You know, some people have it, some people don't. But knowing when to really just focus on, on self and, and realizing that it's 24 hours in a day, like you can balance your day to where you still hustle, but you still take care of your, you know, your family, your responsibilities, and most importantly, like your mental, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, my child's father, he's, he was locked up for 13 years and um, he's now in the entertainment industry. And I kind of was like, you know, uh, tried to warn him like, this is, you know, this is not, um, this is not for the the faint hearted and he, and he's not, right. but just him seeing it now coming out, um, after being locked away so so long and coming into it at a different phase when it's like night and day from when we first started, things were different. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was totally different when we were doing it. So um, just trying to like balance balance that. And I hear my daughter getting up; she's yelling my name like "Ma!" <laughs> she ready to but, hop um, on a pot. She yeah, she ready to come over here, and she always pops her little head in here. But um, yeah, the hu- the hustle's good, but I you know I dare not even. S- you know, say those words, I'll sleep when I'm dead because, you know, right. the way things are now, yeah, you're lucky to make it to 40. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Plus, you know, Absolutely. so, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about some of the uniqueness that comes with being a woman um, in your industry. Like, what are the what are the challenges and what are some of the things that are unique about being uh, a woman in, in PR? 
Um, I say some of the challenges are, I mean, luckily for, for me, I, um, I do come and I don't mind embracing the fact that I come in as the motherly, you know, the motherly one. Um, but just some people having a hard time taking you seriously as a woman and realizing that, um, and, I mean, luckily what I've learned is that a lot of PR women, people in PR are women. So it's not, it's it's not terribly hard to to balance being a woman, but there are like a lot of guys that are coming up in the game doing their thing. So, um, hello, baby. Let mommy just finish this. Okay. (laughs) Sit on the couch. Okay. Okay. Uh, black people, parenting, black people, parenting in action, right? (laughs) In action. Um, yeah. Um, let me go back to the women, uh, Kind of, kind of threw me off there, but uh, a lot of women, a lot of women in PR guys doing their thing. Yeah, they're they're guys coming up, um, doing their thing too. So there haven't been too many challenges with being a woman. I think sometimes it does work to your to your advantage because you see things um, like it's a very detail oriented job where you have to do a lot of follow up, a, a lot of you know reaching out and pitching and calling. And I think it works to women's advantage because we're so used to multi- juggling multiple things at a time, especially as a parent. You're used mm-hmm. to that. So luckily being a woman has worked to my advantage and it hasn't been too many, like, you know, um, too many um, bridges that I had to cross that I couldn't get over successfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about the branding aspect of things? Like how do you go about um, branding yourself as a PR agent and your, your business? Yeah. Um, luckily we've managed to have some good clients. So uh, I know that's not everyone's story. Um, you know, run through, we first run, through started, your, run through your client list real quick. Just go ahead and name drop real quick. Go ahead, go ahead and drop some names. You know, people. Um, so we have Fabio Foreign. We have Black China. Okay. Um, we have um, Mike Merrill. He's on BMF and All okay. American. Okay. And then we have um, a couple of athletes we're working on. They're not fully fully signed yet, but we're mm-hmm. kind of trying to get into you know in the sports and. The, and have some NFL clients. So we working, working on locking them in, you know, they mm-hmm, mm-hmm. will talk to them, but I'm like, come on, you got to sign a contract. It's not official until you sign the contract. Gotta like sign I've name. Got to sign your name. Like, plus, you know, I found a new way to kind of tell them like, Hey, you know, in order for me to speak on your behalf, I have to have something in writing in today's mm-hmm. time. I have to have something in writing just to say that you give me permission to reach out to X, Y, and Z on your behalf. So mm-hmm. we need some paperwork signed here. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully they jump on board real fast and realize um, a lot of them in training, they're in training camp right now. So, you know, PR is the last thing on their mind. Right. Um, but hopefully when the season starts or when the season ends, they'll be able to, you know, get on board. But, um, you yeah, know, those are our main clients that we're pushing, that we're pushing right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so back to the branding aspect of things, because a lot of times people, you know, they start their business or they start. Uh, their side hustle, but they don't necessarily know how to brand themselves, right? They they yeah. they have the product or they have the service, but it's like they're missing something. So, what steps would you give for someone out there who uh, is trying to to brand their business or who is trying to bring more attention to their business? Yeah, of course, it depends on you know what what their business is, but I I think the most important thing is being consistent. Um, a lot, a lot of people feel like things are just going to come to you very easily. And it's not like it takes a lot of like blood, sweat and tears, especially when you do it on your own and not off the back of other people. Like we could have, you know, we could use China's name and just, you know, sit back and let clients come to us. But we're still pursuing people and still, you know, following up and, and keeping our and keeping our reputation clean, making sure if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Um 
But I think this generation, they have it a little bit different. They didn't have to, a lot of them don't have to, didn't have to put in the years, you know, mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry, like we didn't right. have to really start, like, you know, at the radio station going out doing. Listen, uh, they, ain't, they ain't never slept on the TV. floors. Oh, they never, slept on, yeah. they ain't never slept on no floors. They don't know nothing about exactly, it. Exactly. Like giving out T-shirts. <laughs> like I look at some pictures back, you know, at one or two jams and I see Terrence J. He's putting on banners on his. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people didn't have to start from that. So they have it a, a little bit differently. But I would say if if I could give any advice, just be consistent and stay true to your, stay true to your brand. Like don't switch up just because it's getting hard. If you're selling T-shirts, sell the hell out of your T-shirts. Don't be like, right. oh, well, let me try to go sell hair now. It's like people are like, well, what are you doing? What are you you doing? know, right. Just pick one thing and stick with it, or just you know, if you want to sell t-shirts and hair, do it all at one time, but stay with it. Don't give up just because you may not see the you know the numbers or or the sales right away because yeah. it does take it really takes time yeah. for a you know, brand I, to really be grown like that organically. And, and I don't think a lot of people understand that the same day that you plant the seeds, that's not the same day that you eat the fruit, right? Wow. Like you got you got to plant the seed and you got to let that thing grow. You got to let it get some sunlight. You got to put some water on it. Then, you know, once it starts to harvest, then you can actually eat the fruit, but you can't do it the same day. It, yeah. And it, and it may be months. And for some people, it was years. Yeah. So to get frustrated and be like, man, forget this, it's kind of like, we don't want to take that. that Yes, baby. <laughs> okay, baby, go go sit down when mommy's finished. We'll come. Mommy's going to take you to the park, okay? Yeah. Give me a second, okay? So let's wrap Okay, not right this. Okay, go get a snack, Ryan. Go ahead. But don't interrupt mommy anymore until I'm done, okay? Thank you. I'm not editing uh, any of this out, by the way. This is all. Okay, snacks. that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> snack, snack, snack. That's all I hear is like, mommy, watch this. Snack, snack, snack. Mommy, watch this. Snack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, you know, shame on the people that came up and didn't really tell us what parenting, like, you know, they Listen. talk about the terrible twos. I was like, two was great. It's it was this cool. four. Yeah, the four like, different. The four different. Talking, trying to tell me what to do. What and I'm to like, do. Girl, yeah, what they not gonna do, and what they like. Yeah, my my five year old, he's in this phase where he wants to make a deal. Like everything is, let me make a deal. Like I'll make a deal. Yes. Like nah, bro, we're not making no deals around here. Like it's no. This is it. Do as I say. <laughs> the end. Right. right that's yeah. it. Especially when you're but, an older parent, like at our age, it's like, nah, I don't have the energy to debate with right, you. I don't, I don't. Don't. Mm-mm. I have. So to. yeah. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, that's um, and I think that's just the most important thing. It's just stay con- stay consistent and stay true mm-hmm. to true to who you are, regardless of everything. Just mm-hmm, stay true mm-hmm. to who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a business owner? Ooh, um, I think the biggest lesson that I learned is that, and it's a quote that I saw online. I was like, man, that's the realest. But like. I think it said customers will become your friends way before your friends become your customers. customers. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the biggest lesson that I learned. You do something and you expect, you're like, all right, well, I think I have 2000 Facebook friends and I know all my Facebook friends, like personally can probably tell you where I met them or how long we've known each other. So I'm like, all right, if I got 2000 friends and I'm selling, you know, because when we moved to North Carolina, we opened up a CBD store. So I'm like, okay, if I'm selling, you know, product, I got 2,000 people that could at least buy one thing for $20. I'm doing the math like, oh, it should be good. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like that. Um, it was, all, you know, and that's no, no, you know, no down to them. It, it could have been something they didn't even want or um, just my mind expected that they were going to do that just because they were my friend. Um, 
which is the wrong way to think. And I think that also goes back to people starting their business. They, you know, they're starting to thinking that my customers are going to be my friends and my family. So I already mm-hmm. have that off the gate, but that's not the reality. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like the hardest and the biggest lesson that I learned is that it doesn't work like that. Like yeah. your customers are people that you probably have never even met before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How did you, how did you manage? Because you, like you said, you moved from uh, LA to yeah. Raleigh and then you ended up moving yeah. back to LA. Um, yeah. How did, and, and then in the middle of all that, you had a child and then there was COVID. And then, you know, there were all of these things that, you know, for a lot of people would have made them give up. Right. Yeah. Would have made them give up on their business or made them give up on their dream. How did you handle st- kind of staying consistent in what you were doing with your business in the midst of all of these obstacles? Like you said, you, you started a relationship. You're, you had yeah. you, all, of the, all of these things that come into effect. Like when you're trying to start a business, like a, a lot of these things don't lend to being a business owner. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did you kind of handle that? I think it was because, you know, my mom died when I was little. Um, I never knew my dad. So Mm. I think it was the notion that I knew I didn't have anybody. Like Mm. if things went left, I was all all I had. So there was no quit and there was no giving up for me. It's because like, you know, these corporations, they're they're good. But if if they don't have a need for you anymore, they don't have a need for you anymore. They're not. Mm -hmm. They don't care, you know, that your mortgage is going to be due, you know, maybe shortly after you get laid off. They don't care about any of that. Um, so never put and I've always and people people always say, Karen, you know, you've always had multiple jobs or d- done this. And I'm like, yeah, because I can't give anybody the opportunity to sweet, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of put me in a bind to where I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna feed my child, I don't know how I'm pay the story. I just couldn't do that. So that's always just been my model. Like I have I have to I have to do it for me. I have to do it. Um and then when I had my daughter, it was like, ooh, they thought the hustle was I was really hustling then. Um, now I still hustle. I just hustle a lot smarter mm-hmm. and more strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know we talked about, you know, everybody talking about, you know, I'll see when I did, I'm dead, but I, you know, I hustle a lot differently now. It's, I'm a lot smarter about decisions that I make and the financial decisions that I make. Cause even during the pandemic, you know, the stock market had got good. I always knew how to trade, but I was doing stock market. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was trading every day. I was teaching people how to trade. So, I'm I'm good for a hustle. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like I said, it, they're smarter decisions now when they're, you know, they don't take all of my time. And even if mm-hmm. it requires all my time, you know, I can get all my time. Right. <laughs> so as a parent, like, how are you um, kind of embedding the lessons that you've learned as a business owner um, into raising your daughter? Yeah, I think that's important. I kind of, you know, look at her life and I know, you know, you have a college student. So I know you probably told her from what you've learned, you know, the best way to be, you know, what the what the trends are going, like where the money's mm-hmm. going to be. So I'm trying to look, you know, being that she's so young, I'm trying to look ahead, you know, 15 years from now. I don't even know what the world will look like in 15 years. Right. It's a little scary, actually. Right. Right. But just right. trying to make sure I feed those things into her now. Um I don't think weed's going anywhere. So if she ever wanted to get into the, the marijuana business, I mm-hmm. definitely would support that. But, um, you know, just being intentional about the things that I show her and the things that she's exposed to, um, because at the end of the day, that's going to make the most lasting impression on who she becomes as an adult. And I mm-hmm. would hate if she got to an age where she felt like she um, she didn't have the tools as a child growing up to be able to be successful as an adult. So 
um, yeah, I'm really mindful on the things. And that's why, you know, growing up in North Carolina is cool. Everybody, you know, people are nice. It's uh, people are kind. And I was like, I saw <laughs> I saw such a soft side of her. Like, she's so sweet and so kind. I was like, OK, let me take you back to L.A. Because I don't want you to get older <laughs> and think that everybody is like a North Carolina person. Right. It, Amen. Sweet like out here. Right. No, 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 no. It's right. rough out right. in these right. streets. So let me take right. you to the land where it's the roughest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, baby. Give me one second, okay? Okay. Um, let me bring you to where it's like the, you know, the roughest where you can learn, you know, to like just be a little bit. And, and people say, well, she's only four. But I'm like, yeah, she's a different kind of four. Like, you know, these pandemic babies, they're a little different. They're different. They're um, a little different. Four is like six. Yeah, yeah, yeah or it's different. like, yeah. you know, she's like a legit six-year-old. Like, she has, she can operate her phone. She's trying to answer her phone. Mm-hmm. Um, just things I couldn't imagine doing when I was four. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so when I say she's four, she's she's a different four. Right. But um, just making sure I expose her to, to things that'll make her be the most well-rounded individual she can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we talked about the pandemic. Um, has your approach to being an entrepreneur um changed any since the pandemic has it evolved at all um no not really um because mm-hmm. like i said when the pandemic started they started closing down essential business or closing down businesses that weren't essential so dispensaries were not essential businesses um but um i jumped right into another one that's when i started the stocks and the trading and mm-hmm. the teaching people mm-hmm. so no my approach isn't different i guess now it's just if something else were to happen, it just makes me think a little bit differently. And really just, you know, even now, I guess my mind is always thinking forward because now that everybody's talking about this chat, something, something in the AI and I'm like, <laughs> right. Chat GPT. Yeah. Like how do I, mm-hmm. you know, I know I can see where the world is going. It's crazy. It sounds as scary as it is. I can see the direction it's going, but mm-hmm. how do I make sure I'm, you know, up to speed? How do I make sure my daughter is using this technology? Um, I'm just mindful of all that when I think about, you know, the next phase of, you know, business, what's what's it going to look like even for the PR world or like people going to, you know, can chat GPT like be like, hey, put me in, you know, reach out to this news outlet for me or reach out, pitch to go to this red carpet, like how how far right. it's going to go. So I'm just trying to think of, think ahead every every yeah. day. Of That's what all you can be. do. I tell yeah. you one thing, Chat GPT cannot do, and that is grow marijuana. I can almost guarantee you okay. that. Now, there, okay. may be, there may be something out there that can, but Chat GPT cannot grow marijuana. Okay. I'm, I'm almost, no, I'm almost, but you can tell it like, hey, what's the best way to grow the strongest marijuana? Yes, they can. might be absolutely and what to and what to do. And then they got these robots bouncing around here. So who knows? But yeah, yeah, right. they won't be able to right. physically do it, but they can definitely give you the recipe. Yeah. And you know, I, t- I tell people all the time that the 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 jobs that are going to come. You know, people are so afraid of of AI taking the jobs, but it's also yeah. going to create new jobs because someone's going to have to be the one behind these robots, right? Someone is yeah. going to be yeah. the, have to be the one that's programming these robots, that's doing all of these things, that um, giving the robots the commands and doing all of those yeah. things. So it's a, it's just yeah. going to be a different world that we're going to live in. But I think it's going to create more opportunities for our young people to do some really really good work and some really really work uh, some some work that is really you know going to change the world. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's an opportunity. And I think we as the old folks have to be sure that we know that, like, we can't be scared of it. You know what I mean? Like, we have to embrace yeah. it full, yeah. full speed ahead. Like, we can't we can't be scared of it because it's coming whether we want to want it to or not. It's just like the Internet. Yeah. Right. 
Like, you know, you see these clips now. I saw a clip of uh, somebody on a Today Show debating back in like 1983 or whatever the year was about whether or not you should have computers in your home <laughs> like, and, wow. and making a case for why you shouldn't have computers in your home. Now look at yeah. us, right? Yeah. So in, in 30 years, it's going to be the same argument or similar argument, but just based on artificial intelligence. So I think we have to prepare ourselves um, for that and we got to make sure we prepare our young people for that. Absolutely. Well, very um, well said. So let me ask you this. What role has uh, mentoring and mentorship um, played in your career? Have you had any strong mentors? I've um, I've always kind of been on the mentor side. Um, I've had some jobs that's, you know, just some brief jobs. And I kind of wondered, you know, well, why am I doing this? But looking back now, I still stay in touch with the young girls. Like when I had um, when I left L.A., um, I don't even remember what you had them bounce around so many times, but I went to Atlanta for a little stint because um, mm-hmm. I had bought a house there when I was like 28. So I had a property there and it became vacant. And I was like, well, let me just bounce back to Atlanta. I was only there for eight months and mm-hmm. ended up working at like a, um, a group home. And I didn't understand like, why why am I here at this group home? Um, yes, maybe. Where's that there? He'll be back in a second, okay? Let me finish this, okay? And then we'll go outside. Go upstairs and get some socks, okay? Um, um, yeah, so I'm like, why am I working at this um, at this group home? But I realized it was like young girls who um, who needed some like some direction and who needed somebody who didn't have parents who um, wasn't handed anything to really like encourage them and tell them like you can really like do anything that you want to do. You just have to mm-hmm. do it. You just have to feel believe within your heart that you can do it and have a little bit of support out there. So. Um, like I said, I've always been on the mentor side of things. There are some people, of course, that I, I've looked up to, but no one direct. And I think, I think that's so important. Like if I could look back, if I would have had somebody like, you know, talking me through my decisions, I probably wouldn't have made all of my decisions. Maybe I would have, but I just think have, if I would have had someone a little bit older, it probably would have changed, um, a few of the mistakes that I probably could have avoided. But now, like I said, I'm on the mentor side of things and there are a lot of, you know, probably at least six or seven young girls that still reach out to me like once a week, just, you know, for advice or just to talk and just to stay encouraged, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Uh, yeah. What, what, what words of wisdom or what words of advice do you have for someone who has uh, thought about jumping in, not just in NPR, but jumping in yeah. and launching their own business or starting their own uh, company? Like what words of advice would you have for them? Make sure that you're not using money that you need for your day-to-day living to mm. support your dream. Um, I would also tell them to, like like we're talking about, get a mentor. Um, talk to someone that's been there before. Like, it's, o- it's okay. I mean, I know we the old heads now, and it's crazy to, crazy to imagine. Crazy. Like, we the, we the aunts and uncles. That's crazy, I right? Know. I'm like, and no. I, I, I still do a crossover dribble when I throw something in the trash can. Like I can't. I'm exactly. Not doing it. <laughs> exactly. I can get on these TikToks. I got, you know, I did the good knees challenge. I knocked it oh, out. Oh my park. goodness. Oh so, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we don't. We the old people dancing now. We used to see people dancing when they were older. Right. 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 Down. But don't be afraid to reach out to somebody that's been there and that's done it before. Um, there's no harm in that. Like you can still do what you want to do and, and, you know, end up doing it your way, but there's nothing wrong with getting advice from somebody that's older 
and wiser that can help mm-hmm. you avoid mistakes. Because had I listened to the people that gave me the advice over the years, let me tell you, I know I'd be a multimillionaire. I know mm-hmm. it. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, but I thought I knew everything mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know you got to get to the park. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to ask just one question. Just okay. again, share with share with people where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you. Yeah. Uh, would love to have you back on the show. Would love to have some of your clients on the show. Um, but most importantly, just tell people how they can how they can uh, reach out to you and the firm and just stay connected with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm on I'm fairy tales on Instagram. People are like, where did you get fairy tales from? I'm like, my last name is fairy. Um, so these are just my tales. It's my life. Um, just makes sense, right? Yeah, it just made sense. Um, at the firm, we're at the firm LACA on Instagram. Um, Karen Fairy on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I would definitely like to have our clients on here talking about this. Cause I was just watching a video of Fabio. I'm like, well, Fabio, I, I called you yesterday. I need you to, I need you to call me back. We got something pressing right now. But, um, when I looked at his video, he was with his kids. So mm. I think it'd be good to talk to, you know, a rapper or even, yeah. you know, trying to talk to somebody who really is like juggling at times 10, like their my little life has nothing on the amount of demand right. that, that they have. Um, right and still trying to be parents and they have multiple kids. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just laughed when I saw Fabio and the kids, um, just laughing and, you know, going, you know, going to his place and he got the chalkboard up trying to teach his kids. So right. it's just some <laughs> behind the scenes moments that I think people would really appreciate seeing. Um, yeah. That and I think, you know, no matter what level of success you have, we all have one thing in common is that, and that is that we all want our kids to be better than we are. Right. Absolutely. I don't care. You could be, yeah. Jay-Z and Beyonce, you could be, you know, somebody that is just living, whatever. We all yeah. want our kids to be better than we are. And I think that's what this podcast is about, um, is how can we equip other folks with the tools just to be the best parents that they can be, you know? Yeah. And and more so for Black parents. I think we, because the way we grew up and the way our parents were, I think, you know, all parents want the best, you know, we'll say a majority of parents want the best for their kids. But I think when it comes to Black people, we really, really want the best for our kids because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. know like life is different out there. So we have yeah. to do things 10 times, you know, harder for mm-hmm. our young black faces than, you know, some of the other races. So this platform is super important. It's super dope to have these conversations because at the end of the day, we all just try to, we all just try to get by raising our little, our little That's youngins it. to be like That's you said, it. the best version, the best version of what we could have been. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we want. Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate you for stopping through uh, for this Money Making Monday. Uh, Hopefully somebody got some good information from this podcast. Y'all don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. Black People Parenting. We do Money Making Monday on Monday. Uh, Another another, uh, BPP episode on Tuesday and just a whole lot of content just flowing out there. So uh, you know how I like to say it. Make sure you take care of your kids, take care of each other, but most importantly, take care of yourself. All right. And we'll see you on the next episode of Black People Parenting. All right. Peace. Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip hop, social media and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion, a keynote speaker, professional development trainer and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level, a level that will truly break down barriers and create change. 
By working with the Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, the Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now let's get back to the podcast.